and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Well, hello, everybody. So, recently, Guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, War of the Spark, and Corset 2020 just rotated out of standard, which means there's been a huge shakeup to the Brawl format. In this episode, we're going to talk about the new decks to beat and the new staples in the Brawl metagame, as well as what decks we've been playing lately. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, uh, let's jump right in. We've got two metagame analyses here, one from Etherhub and another from MTG Goldfish. And there's a little bit of um, disagreement in like the lower rankings like once you get down to like five six percent of the meta like they don't quite agree on who is second best third best Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they are both in strong agreement about the number one most popular deck in the metagame yep and that is omnath locus of creation can you imagine (laughs) uh etherhub pegs it at 19.76 percent of the meta with a 63 percent average win rate mtg goldfish pegs it at 20 percent of the meta um, but doesn't state the win rate percentage. But in either case, it's a huge chunk of the meta. In um, on MTG Goldfish, the next most popular deck is six point two percent of the meta. On Etherhub, the next most pop the, the next most popular deck is six point seven two percent of the meta. So there's a huge gap between Omnath and the next most popular deck. If you are playing Brawl on Arena, you're going to see a lot of Omnath decks. And not only is it very popular, but it's very good and it's difficult to beat. So before we go in a little bit, um, I want to talk about some of the holdovers from the previous uh, Brawl metagame. So Niv-Mizzet 4.0 and Nicobolus Dragon God, they were both on sort of that top tier of decks previously. Um, they've both rotated, but Kinnon, uh, Bonder Prodigy, remains in the format. And I think he's lost a lot of cachet with this rotation. Um, he's lost a lot of the, the cheap mana dorks that were so integral in making the deck consistent. Um, he lost Leafkin Druid, Incubation Druid, Gyre Engineer, Paradise Druid, and in exchange, we just got Tangled Florahedron and Woodland Mystic. But more importantly, it's lost a lot of the high-end like mana sinks for all that mana that you have. Oh god, yeah, like a lot of the Wincons are just gone. Exactly. Like you lose End Race Forerunners and Finale of Devastation, both of which can kind of just win you the game out of nowhere. You lose Mass Manipulation, Agent of Treachery, ways to take your opponent's best threats and just kind of end the game. Um, and, and really, in exchange, all you're getting is like Turn Timber Symbiosis. Yeah, yeah. The big boom booms, the high-end stuff in... Uh, Zendikar Rising is not on the same level of what we had access to in the previous format. So I think that um, Kennen is currently both less consistent in its starts and doesn't really have good top end to hit. So it's it's just not as good. It's definitely not on the top tier anymore. I think with that, we can sort of go into the new Boogeyman, Omnath. What makes him so busted? What is so messed up about Omnath? locus of creation yeah uh, so this is a really interesting conversation to have because when we did our set review uh and we both still feel this way omnath is a very fair 
commander, you aren't really getting too much more than other commanders get. Your deck doesn't synergize more than other places, but with the shrunken card pool of Brawl, it just becomes impossible to one-for-one one effectively. Um, your kill spells, which kind of are bread and butter necessary things for Brawl to function, feel so bad. Mm-hmm. They feel so bad because they play their Omnath and then draw a card and replace the Omnath. So you go, okay, well, I'm going to kill your guy. And already you're down in this exchange. And that's like assuming you had instant speed, immediate kill potential yeah in hand like you're doing it in response to the etb trigger so that they can't get those landfall triggers exactly it's like it feels uh feels bad Mm -hmm. um and then on top of that like you just are in four colors so you you're basically just a ramp deck in four colors so you can just play pretty much anything i mean anything that's not black but a lot of the incredibly powerful threats right now are also not in black yeah no it just feels really messed up when you are in like a a pretty fair two color deck and your opponent's casting multiple ultimatums yeah it's really nuts It Um, it like just yeah really like the ultimatums or like going like land land into like two like five drops or something like that you're like how am i what am i gonna do to beat this yeah (laughs) your opponent will play like a six drop and then hold six mana up for their sublime epiphany yeah (laughs) yeah just insane yeah uh it's really unfortunate that like the the five color good stuff deck the niv mizzet 4.0 deck which was on the the top of the previous brawl format that rotates and then it's immediately replaced by a deck with uh, four colors that's it's basically four color good stuff and this mm-hmm. is the new deck to beat yeah yeah it just is not not fun i mean the i think we're gonna get into ways to beat it but like there's so few and not every color really has access to them which is another thing that feels like terrible mm-hmm. like if you're playing mono black like i was playing a sir conrad list sometimes you just like they gain life so fast and so hard that sometimes there's just a point where I was like, I don't know if I can even deal that much damage anymore. Yeah. (laughs) When they're sitting at like 78 and I've dealt like 40 damage to them already. Yeah. It's like, what? I I play a, um, I often play this Calyx list. That's very controly runs a lot of like the banishing light type effects. And I'm able to just, I'm able to like, sort of lock down Omnath with like a, a Kenrith transformation or a Heliod's punishment and then sort of deal with its really good threats one at a time by playing these Banishing Light effects or like uh, using Calyx's ability to stick them under my enchantments. But, you know, after we, we go through that exchange and like back and forth, I'll be at like 15 and they'll be at 50 just because of how much incidental life gain they are getting. Yeah, it really is nuts. So it, it really kind of... Uh, just that alone kind of beats out a lot of decks or makes the uh, coming out of an exchange where eventually you might end up like quote like at parity or like on top but it, the game's just going to take so long like you better have some big finisher like way to mill them out or something something going on it's crazy but let, let's talk a bit about how we might beat Omnath what are the best strategies against Omnath yeah so you mentioned uh, one of them is just to uh, frogify 
Heliod's Punishment, Kenner's Transformation, Mystic Subduel, anything that like they they might get their card out of Omnath, but they're not getting anything else until they draw like something to deal with your enchantment. Like just lock it down for as long as possible. Maybe the whole game they might not even have like a specific way to get rid of it. Um, really just makes it so they're not able to get all the incidental like functionality out of their commander that uh really the deck is kind of built around yeah it, it kind of these kinds of cards like they answer omnath they take away the like four four beater aspect they also um you know prevent the incidental life gain prevent some of the ramp prevent uh the direct damage that really put a clock that can really put a clock on you um and they they do it in such a way that they can't just like immediately recast Omnath and draw a card. Yeah, because I have seen Omnath decks like stall out, and they have all the they kind of like expect Omnath to be the win condition as they get all their land drops. Yeah, but if you lock down Omnath and they end up in top deck mode where it's like I have all this mana and nothing to do with it, uh, normally that's not a fail state for Omnath because if you're just doomblading. They always have that option to recast your commander. But if you lock Omnath down and they get in top deck mode, yeah, they can still top deck an ultimatum, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at least like you can sort of develop and draw cards and have more going on than them. And then you just have to figure out, okay, now that I feel like I'm sort of winning the cards game, how do I get through this 50 life that they have? Yeah. And kind of in a similar vein, um, I have been playing like a Cherix brawl like the big enemy crab mm-hmm. and uh one of the because one of the best ways to deal with an omnath is just to counter hit it's like one of the only ways that you can effectively one for one with omnath is you just don't even let it get the card draw <laughs> you just counter it right from the get-go and even that like it kind of like you're saying eventually smart players will play around it they'll be like oh i see what you're doing and then they just ramp or do whatever still till they can get to like 12 14 mana and then they can play multiple boom booms in one turn yeah and so i'm sitting there with like six seven mana in mono blue going like oh god i hope they don't cast omnath more than twice this Mm -hmm. turn like please um so it still in a way like staunches the bleeding like you could leave your mana up you hit with your crab like you can kind of keep playing but eventually like if you can't close out the game they're gonna take over again so counter spells are a good way to at least keep the early game clear yeah i was thinking like zareth san might be a good um a good counter to omnath oh yeah that makes a lot of sense because you can you can hold your counter spells up if they don't play anything super threatening you can drop zareth san and then you can sort of use your opponent's huge threats against them like blue black is not known for its its big beaters but you know you can counter or kill their elder gargaroth take it out of the graveyard and then you have a real clock going mm-hmm. yeah for sure and, and all of the really heinous things the terror of the peaks that they always play like mm-hmm. when that is coming down on your side all of a sudden the game looks a little bit more fair i think that's a good game plan in this instance against omnath because the the straight value is a lot to deal with yeah one thing i would also like to mention and i'm going to talk about this more later but really like scoot swarm is so oppressive oh yeah oh yeah it really is it's like not only is it enormous defensive power because sometimes because immediately you have as many blockers as you could possibly want um but it's also just like a a doomsday clock of like maybe three turns 
before you will die to this. Like that is yeah. your amount of time to find a board wipe or you will lose at that point. Yeah, I um right when the format switched, I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna make an Azusa like lost but seeking list, like play Scoot Swarm, play all these cool like green landfall triggers. Like let's let's see what happens. Like really Scoot Swarm was kind of the um the idea behind it. And I play I like get my scoot swarm out. I like get a bunch of scoot swarms, and then I play against an Omnath, and they just instantly have way more bugs mm-hmm. than I did, and could pump them more effectively. It was like, who are you? Yeah, I'm you, but strong. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna get more bugs, and also, I don't have a board wipe that effective. Mm-hmm. I don't have the all those other colors. Yeah. It was just insane. I just could not deal with the 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 fact I needed so many more tools than Mono Green gave me and it was really apparent. Yeah. In that matchup. No, that just feels I, I just get that feeling all the time playing against Omnath. Like I they have my best cards plus other really yeah. good cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm really hoping that Wizards learns a lesson oh, from yes. the recent Brawl metagames. More colors is really not much of a downside in Brawl when you have access to like tri lands and access to like mana dorks that make mana of any color. Like you have your Ar- Arcane Signet, you have your Lotus Cobra. It's really pretty easy to cast Omnath on turn three, mm-hmm. despite its its prohib- what looks like a prohibitive mana cost. Yeah. It's just super not fun when the best deck in the metagame is many color good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of Golos all over again. Yeah. Like they banned Golos and then Niv Mizzet was the best deck. And, yeah. And now Niv Mizzet rotated and four color Omnath is the best deck. And I really hope that okay, I understand they want to make a lot of color identities viable in Brawl. And I'm totally fine with the five color identities that are like not super powerful or or kind of fair or like have most of their power in activations rather than in ETB triggers that you just I cast my commander, I immediately yeah. draw cards. Yeah, exactly. But I'm I'm totally fine with Kenrith. I'm totally fine with the new Tazri. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, these are these give me access to a bunch of colors and they're good if they stick around and I'm able to pump a bunch of mana into them. Yeah. I'm so okay with that. Yeah. I've lost to a Tazri list and like it it just sometimes they get the cards they need and like that's fine it's pretty bad in commander but like in brawl like that was is fine it's at an appropriate power level i would say Mm -hmm. so yeah totally like give me more brawl commanders like like that if you're gonna give them so many colors yeah (laughs) please the status quo that we've had uh for the past i guess year and a half has not been great yes and i kind of am hoping that like i mean the brawl deck in standard is going to get something banned on monday yeah i would kind of hope that something happens to the brawl deck uh the um, sorry the omnath deck in standard is going to get something banned on monday i'm hoping that something happens to the brawl deck as well outside of um omnath there hasn't been like a single deck that i'm seeing all the time mm-hmm. it feels like a really diverse format out out once you take yeah you skim off that top quarter of the format and and you're left with some pretty good stuff yeah Yeah. it's not like the previous format where there were three really good decks and you could and i guess there's variance in in which of those three you'll see now it's just it's omnath or 
a, a total die roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, and yeah, we'll talk about that more in a little bit because it's that's pretty fun. There are with the new rotation some new staples and new cards that kind of I think get better with just the uh, what is left. There is a vacuum, I think. So, um, do you want to talk about some new Zendikar cards that are now staples? Yes. Um, so we'll we'll just go through these in color order. A lot of these you will notice are going to be landfall rewards, um, just because landfall. Even if you're not doing a ramp strategy, it's just something that's relevant in every deck. So the first card I want to talk about is Felidar Retreat. It is three and a white for an enchantment. It has landfall. Choose one, create a 2-2 cat creature token, or put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. So I really like this in both defensive decks. Um, It's been great as just like providing a steady stream of chump blockers. And then if I already have a board position, it allows me to kind of freely attack while still holding up my guys for blocking. So I've been impressed with that so far. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, It kind of also is one of those cards where like it's really good in your list and better in Omneth for Mm -hmm. the same exact reason. I've definitely had games where I'm like, okay, cool. I got my Felidar retreat down and I'm playing lands and I'm, I'm getting my value out yeah, of this. Yeah, getting the one to two land drops per turn. Yeah, sick. growing my board. This is great. Like now I, that, that land was like eight power with haste. That's amazing. And then they play their Peladar retreat and I was like, oh no. And they're getting three <laughs> drops a turn. Yeah, it yeah. was like pretty bad. But um, that being said, it fits into a lot of decks and I'm wondering if we are going to get like some more cat tribal or beast tribal or something that like really is going to like crank this up at some point in the next year. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, the next card is Nahiri's Binding. It's unfortunately it's a card that's um, pretty good against everyone except Omnath. Yeah, it's one white white for enchantment aura, enchant creature or planeswalker, enchanted permanent can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. So if your commander does not have like a triggered ability, uh, this will this will wrangle it pretty good. Like, it'll shut down, um, you know, combat damage triggers, attack triggers. It's really just, like, Omnath and maybe Phylath who aren't so upset about getting bound by Nahiri. Yep. So I I think that's a great new card, a really good answer. Also to um, to Ugin, who has been pretty prevalent in the current meta. Yes, I... um have played Ugin in a lot of lists and I've seen Ugin in a lot of lists and uh, turns out he's still very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In case you were wondering. Next card is Skyclave Apparition. Uh, it's not quite as good in uh, brawl as it is in commander because the creature is more, the creature it gives your opponents is more relevant and there is a higher average CMC, I think in brawl, but it's still a really good answer to many of the most problematic permanents in the format, and it's also a body. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the last white card I want to talk about is Ondu Inversion. This is the spell land. It comes into play on one side. It comes into play tapped as a land for, that taps for a white. And on the other side, it's six white white for a sorcery. Destroy all non-land permanents. Uh, I think Wraths are really relevant in a format with Scoot Swarm, and this one is just free to put in your deck. Even though it is often prohibitively expensive, it's still yeah. very good. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting how my perception of colors and what to do and how to play them has changed uh, with this Brawl season just 
because of that one card mm-hmm. of like, oh no, like I need, I I need some way to wrath. I need some way to wrath. Otherwise, I'm gonna lose to these green decks. Yeah. Previously, I thought of wraths as okay. This is a good way to get some card advantage. Like they'll play like three big boom booms, and I'll play this, and I'll be up on the exchange. Yeah. Whereas now it's just like I, I will die. I, I need them. Me. Yes. Yes. It's insane. Um, but in that same regard, getting into blue, the card we kind of want to talk about, uh, confounding conundrum. So I put confounding conundrum in Alila. That was the first place I've tried it out. And it's been very good, uh, specifically in that list. Cause you play, you draw a card, you get a fairy, but I actually just think it's probably correct to just play it in blue decks right yeah. now, especially with Omnath being, uh, omnipresent. Because it does replace itself and then it really makes it hard for them to just peel out ahead of you in this way that a lot of Omnath decks do, um, which is kind of good to know, I think. I think we're going to see this card a lot more. Yeah, and like the worst case scenario is it cycles and slows down their Fabled Passage. What really turned me on to this card and made me think, okay, I just need to run this is when I started seeing Omnath decks running it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, these are the people who really, really want to win, and they're running it, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right, uh, that's really the only blue staple that stru- stuck out to me. Did anything else? Um, no, I think the last big blue staple was the Ikoria, the... Oh, uh, Mystic Subduel. Yeah, Mystic Subduel. That's yeah. like the only blue card that's kind of new that I've been thinking of. Although I have seen a lot of Sublime Epiphanies running around. That's true. That is true. I've seen a lot. Yeah, I'm really missing um, Veil of Summer in the current format. Yeah. I, ju- I just would like to have a good answer to to Sublime Epiphany. Yeah. Other than just like bending over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, a lot sometimes. Yeah. So do you want to get into Black? Because Black got some... Black got I mean, nothing like super spicy, but definitely good. Yeah. Uh, I have already been enjoying Feed the Swarm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one in a black for sorcery, destroy target creature or enchantment and opponent controls. You lose life equal to the permanence converted mana cost, banishing light type effects, uh, Heliod's punishment type effects. Those are all very good in Brawl. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, a versatile answer that'll hit that or it'll just kill a creature when you need it to. Um, instant speed doesn't quite matter as much in Brawl as it does in, say, Commander. Because mm-hmm. there's fewer like infinite combos that you need to interrupt right now. And there's also like fewer turns across which you're going to be doing things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've definitely actually seen both of these cards do a decent amount of work. And um, those cards we mentioned before, the Nahiri's Lithomancy, or um, sorry, Nahiri's Binding, the Mystic Subduel, the Frogify, pretty bad for your black deck mm-hmm. when your commander gets uh, frogged. Yep. So it's been nice to, when I don't have a sack outlet or something like that, to just be able to pop Pop that off yeah just go for it the other card i wanted to talk about uh in black is hagra mauling two black black for an instant this spell costs one less to cast if an opponent controls no basic lands destroy target creature and on the other side it is a land that enters the battlefield tapped and taps for a black mana so i think this is another card similar to undo inversion it's just free to run it's a staple effect that's going to be useful in most games just put it in your black decks and count as a land. Yep. And uh, I've been doing that and it's been great. And you top deck it late and you're like, nice. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then you kill something. 
as intended. It's wonderful. All right. Uh, are you ready to move on to red? Yes, I think I am. Okay. Uh, there's a couple red cards I want to talk about. One is Veilicut Exploration. It's two and a red for an enchantment. Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. At the beginning of your end step, if there are any cards exiled with Veilicut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard. Then Veilicut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. So this is a great landfall payoff in the red X landfall decks, such as Omnath or Phylath. And then um, I would just run it even in non-green red decks as a mm-hmm. as a way to draw cards over time. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I also just think that it kind of weirdly gives you inevitability. Like when you're not playing against uh, Omnath in particular, when you're just playing against another list, um, even if you're not casting the spells or if you can get like your Fabled Passage off, I've noticed that those little bits of damage kind of add up, especially if I'm like clocking them for one to five in the air or something like that with a flyer, or something with a, uh, an ember cleave on it or whatever is going on. Like it, I've won a lot of games because Valakut Exploration got me just like this weird incident on like four damage over the course of the game. It's like not the reason to run the card, but like definitely a cool function that it exists. Mm-hmm. I definitely like that it doesn't clear the cards until your end step. So if you are running like a Fabled Passage or an Evolving Wilds or a Roiling Regrowth, you can always do it on your opponent's turn and then have your full turn to cast these things. Yeah, yeah, and that's been, um, I think, as we start to see Confounding Conundrum, Confounding Conundrum mm-hmm. uh, more, I think that's going to force people to play it the way they should anyway, where you're popping it on their turn to have a little bit more mana on your turn to play all these spells. Mm-hmm. All right, the next red card is Veilicut Awakening. It's two and a red for an instant. Put any put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. And the opposite card is a land that enters the battlefield taps and taps for a red mana. Uh, I've seen this a little bit. It's just a good like hand-smoothing, get-rid-of-your-bad-cards type, type card, and it will just replace a mountain in your average red deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been a card that I knew I would play in pretty much every format I could. Just because, like we are talking about, sometimes you need that wrath. And you're like, oh no, I don't have a wrath, but I need one. Let's put these four cards in the bottom and get five back, see what's going on. Really just like pulls you out of a lot of situations that uh, would be very bad. And the fact that it is a land is is great it's just gravy it's amazing all right so green has got a lot of goodies in this return to yes. zendikar um two of them are landfall enablers and two of them are landfall payoffs and they're all pretty strong cards that i've seen a lot of so far so the first is roiling regrowth it is two and a green for an instant sacrifice a land search your library for up to two basic land cards put them onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library uh, this is just naturally fits into the landfall decks which are so popular these days making up a huge portion of the meta and they ramp you uh similarly vastwood surge is three and a green for a sorcery with kicker four search your library for up to two basic land cards put them onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library if this spell was kicked put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control and the kicker has actually been surprisingly useful like if you are playing a ramp deck you and you draw the vastwood surge late just being able to buff your scoot swarms or your random oh, yeah. mana dorks has give this, given this card a lot more functionality 
than most late game ramp or most car- ramp cards do when you draw them in the late game. Yeah, no, I was going to say that pretty much the same thing that like I've I have and I've also seen this card kicked way more than I thought I would. It just is kind of good all around, especially when there is so much ramp in Brawl right now. There's a, a lot of good mana rocks and there's like just a decent enough suite of ramp spells. You got Cultivate again. We have the, the uh, what did you just say? Roiling Regrowth. Like all of this just lets you hit eight a lot more consistently. It's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of hitting eight very consistently. Oh, yeah. Well, well first, let's, let's get into this guy. The first uh, landfall payoff we're going to talk about is Lotus Cobra. An old favorite back in the format. Uh, one in a green for a 2-1 snake. Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. So this is like the crux of the landfall decks. I've, there's actually been a surprising amount of times where my opponent cast Lotus Cobra on turn two. I was able to kill it on my turn three, and they just scooped because of how like integral it can be to those really early starts like being able to go lotus cobra on two and then omnath on three or even like oh yeah uh even like a vastwood surge or migration path on three is huge is enormous in these ramp decks the consistency that i've seen decks period that can run green is amazing like there aren't even that many like i, I think there's two fetches there's evolving wilds and there's fabled passage right yeah and even simply with just the land drop you get a turn like lotus cobra can just like get you there and fix your mana just kind of does whatever you needed it to it's crazy yeah and the fixing is really important for you know this four color deck that's so prominent in the meta Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no it's it's crazy and uh one of the reasons it's uh, so a little bit too consistent you know Mm -hmm. a little consistent all right, uh, the last card we're going to talk about is also a landfall payoff, and I mentioned it earlier, but I just want to emphasize this. It's Scoot Mob. Uh, this card, you know, two and a green for a 1-1 one, one insect. Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create an 1-1 one, one green insect token, and then if you control six or more lands, instead create a copy of Scoot Mob. This exponential growth that happens so quickly really difficult to deal with and i think it's going to be a feature of the format going forward is just do you have an answer to scoop mob i would run things like that kicker spell that instant speed red kicker spell that deals one damage to each creature yeah uh i would run are are there any like minus two minus two effects there are i can't remember what they're called right now um there's also uh because of this it's actually one of the cards i was going to mention care caravec the merciless oh yeah has been really good for me but I'll, I'll talk more about that in a second there's just like things that deal with tokens are uh at a premium in this current metagame i would say mm-hmm. um massacre worm massacre worms up there yeah it and i would say like somewhat necessary even it's it's uh a lot to deal with if you just are sitting there and you don't have a wrath um would you run pestilent haze main deck in brawl i have not been because of omnath and because a lot of the threats in omnath are a lot bigger than the scoop mobs Mm -hmm. um so i have had games where um i've had the what's the two mana kill a three power or less instant oh yeah i know what you're talking about but it just doesn't do anything but i like had it for like a lotus cobra or a scoop mob or whatever and just like they just didn't 
didn't play. draw that card. Yeah. yeah so uh, I will give it a shot. I'll yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's correct to. It's unfortunate that like you need to have those kinds of cards to deal with Scoop Mob, but they yeah. can be blanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At least Massacre Worm, you know, does uh, what it does. Yeah. Enters. It's, it provides, damage. it's a threat in addition to just being an answer to the mob. Yeah, exactly. On that like note of answers to Scoop Mob or cards that have gained value as an answer to Scoop Mob, uh, Ugin the Spirit Dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I've seen and played Ugin in so many lists just because mm-hmm. he's basically a catch-all. You're like, my color doesn't have access to this kind of removal. Ugin. Mm-hmm. Bam. And then you Wrath and then you Lightning Bolt and you Wrath and you Lightning Bolt and maybe you Ultimate, but maybe you've already won, so... Who knows? But yeah, Ugin is is uh, amazing. Yeah. The, Still amazing. The only thing I, I really hate about... I've played Ugin a fair number of times against the Omnath decks, and it just sucks that they have a built-in answer to Ugin. Oh, yeah. Regardless of what your defense is. Yes. Yeah, turns out that this best deck we keep talking about is resilient to many of the threats that we've talked about at the same time. Well, I guess we could shift. There's like a few cards that I was going to say I think I've changed just within the spectrum of the metagame. And since we're talking about about it, Storm's Wrath has been a card that I've played a lot more than I was. It kind of, before, if I was playing Red and Brawl, I had my Embercleave, I had my Torbran, I had something going on, Sir Kara, and just like bolting or whatever. You weren't really trying to be the control Exactly, but now just because of the ubiquity of not just Scoot Swarm, but just like four fours, there's a lot of four fours that do something in the mm-hmm. format, or like four toughness things or that do something in the format, uh, or like three mana guys that do something in the format. And Storm's Wrath has been very efficient at keeping the board clear enough for me to do what i'm trying to do and i did not expect that to be the case when i saw this card um i figured this would be a card that would kind of get shuffled away and i wouldn't really care to play with it just because especially in brawl like i tended to be the aggressor mm-hmm. and uh it's actually been uh you it's really hard to aggress when there's like 64 bugs on the battlefield yeah or your opponent has 40 plus life yeah exactly so like being able to wipe the board and then kind of keep moving has actually been invaluable and kind of on that note i'm really um i'm hoping we see some kind of like whelming wave type variant for blue Mm -hmm. in the next set because there is no like mass bounce spell right now and that has been a problem. Yeah. I've been trying to play mono blue in a few different lists, like I mentioned Terex earlier. And every time I do, it's kind of like, I hope I don't play a deck running Scoot Swarm, or I hope I don't play like any of these decks that just flood the board with yeah, whatever. Like Phylath. Like Phylath or um, the Garrett Cursed Huntsman. Mm-hmm. Like, can't do too much about that in blue mm-hmm. because there's no good way to, to bounce the board. So um, that's, I'm crossing my fingers for that in the future. And kind of on the same note, like you, you mentioned Massacre Worm, like these these cards that were already pretty good, but I think they got a, a bump in how good they are just within the meta um, because tokens are so prevalent. And uh, Karavik the Merciless has been a lot better mm-hmm. than I thought he was going to be. Like, like, I just kind of threw him into a deck to see, and I 
been playing him in my mono black or like black X, like Rakdos list just you're, a lot more now. You're making me want to try running him as a commander. Just have that. Just to see. Yeah. yeah just yeah. have that automatic answer to no Cobras, no Scoots. Exactly. Yeah. Because like a lot of the early game cards and the. No the, plant tokens. No plant tokens. No um, mana dorks because the mana dorks that exist right now are one toughness. Yeah. So it's like. I, I did not realize how effectively he shut off a lot of the really prevalent strategies. Yeah, I would highly recommend giving that a try because he looks he looks so boring. Mm-hmm. He looks so boring, he but he's, he's so good. And really, the last card that I really want to talk about uh, is Dream Trawler because there's just so few ways to deal with it now. Um, Shadow Spear has been a card that's been prevalent in uh, Commander and Brawl and stuff like that. Turns off Hexproof, but you it doesn't prevent it from happening again so if you activate shadow spear um it says one permanence your opponent's control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn but it doesn't say they can't get it again so if your opponent has cards in hand with dream trawler it's over so to remind you dream trawler is a three five flying lifelink sphinx for two white white blue blue Whenever you draw a card, it gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. When it attacks, you draw a card and you can discard a card to give it hexproof until end of turn and then tap it. So if you don't have uh, a wrath or if they have multiple creatures on the board, if it's not the biggest creature for soul shatter or something like that, if your rankles getting in, but they just have something else to sack, it's so hard to deal with this card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the saving graces of Dream Trawler right now is that there's not really a deck that it's super good in azorius doesn't really have any very good commanders right now it doesn't really fit into neombi it uh which got a lot worse with all the planeswalkers rotating out also um so right now dream trawler is just like really good you might see it in an omnath list or you might see it in in, and i've been playing it in alila because it just is insane Mm -hmm. but uh that's a card that if you want to just like free roll a match every now and then i would try and put a dream trawler into your list that used to be true with uh, agent of treachery you kind of could just play that and win and uh, i think that the the turntables have turned mm-hmm. and now now this thing is just insane one one thing i would mention is just it seems like there's far fewer counter spells in the current format there's yes. just far fewer good ones yeah. In the previous format, we had access to Tail's End and Disdainful Stroke, Dovin's Veto. There, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, Sinister Sabotage, just a lot of very strong counter spells floating around at very low mana cost. And there, there hasn't been like very good replacements in Zendikar Rising. No. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So that may be another thing that's keeping Blue from being very good right now like it can't answer a wide board and it doesn't have access to very good counter spells so it's not not the best place to be right now yeah yeah and on top of that just the commanders that exist in brawl right now that are mono blue are um kind of techie uh they don't like other than like thassa deep dwelling like they're not really very directional uh except for for Emery, who I still love a lot, but just doesn't have nearly the same tools that she had before. Mm-hmm. Um, it just does not feel that good uh, using a Traveler's Amulet every turn as like other like things that draw cards do or like just affect the board 
period do. Yeah, you can't dirtle in the current format. No. Not no. when not when the ramp decks are so prevalent. Yeah, so like I have played Emery endless, like Dalikos, it's very good in um other decks that want to mill, but um she I think she just doesn't have the tools to be good. Um which is interesting, I think. It, it's weird that blue lost a lot of the tools that it needed to really compete in the format. Mm-hmm. But with that note, uh, things are going to keep changing. By the time you hear this, the uh, announcement will have been made. So uh, you get to listen to us muse about, like, what is this format going to look like now? Yeah. Do, well, here's a... Let, let's do a prediction. Do you think that they are... Obviously, something is going to happen in standard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they're going to make any changes to Brawl at this time? Um, I... Ooh, that's a good question. I think the current situation is bad. But they have also been very slow to address Brawl in the yeah. past. Yeah, it takes a lot of people yelling mm-hmm. for them to change Brawl. And I don't feel like I've seen that yet. Yeah. That being said, if they did ban Omnath, I can't wait to see what the new format looks like. Yes. It, it seems like it's going to be a much more level playing field yeah. if he's removed. Yeah, yeah. A lot. Because a lot of things are just barely viable. Like I, I mentioned Dalikos. I've been playing... But if I come up against an Omnath list, probably going to lose because blue got a little bit worse and the artifacts are a little bit worse. So um, if Omnath is gone, I'll have a lot more good, fair games, it seems like. that, mm-hmm. Or at least feels feels like that. <laughs> Cross fingers. This is a question that I'll maybe leave. Like, is there always going to be a boogeyman? I I don't know if there always will be, you know? I don't think there always will be. There were three boogeymen in the last format, mm-hmm. and I think if there's like three good decks, that's fine. What I would just really like is for the best decks to not all be three plus colors. Yes. If yeah. there if there were multiple decks and they're all two colors and they don't they aren't necessarily playing the same best cards as me, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, because I could imagine like Nethroi gets a boost with Omnath gone, mm-hmm. but like a Nethroi list is going to look a lot different from like a Kallax list, which is going to look a lot different from an Ashiok list. You know, like like these multicolored focused kind of strategies. Yeah. Like that's what I would like to see. Like if, maybe, if, maybe that's how I should have worded it is like mm-hmm. it's not really the problem with the colors because I don't care if somebody like runs a Tazreed party deck. Yeah. It's really just like good stuff. Many color good stuff. I don't want to I don't want that to be the best deck. I don't I don't care if the best deck is like Calyx enchantments because hey, that okay, that gives me a really access an easy access to attack them on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so that's that's where I'm at too. I I have some ideas I'm going to brew with. Uh please let us know what you're playing, what you're brewing with. Um we Oh yeah, if you have a deck that can beat omnath consistently let us know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah definitely um it uh I, I not just us i think all of anyone listening who plays brawl would like to know and i, I think that's maybe one last point i want to make is that uh in a uh, a world where we can't necessarily meet for the gathering brawl has been a really nice reprieve for me for nick for i know a lot of people you've gotten some some listeners like write in about how we can't just meet up on a Friday to hang out with friends anymore. So kind of these brawl episodes are kind of ways for us to uh, talk about a format that uh, maybe you weren't turned on to before, but like definitely now I think, uh, I think it's a lot better than it was. And I think 
it's a close enough facsimile to Commander that we all can kind of get a little bit of that that hit, that juice that we need. And hopefully this kind of episode helps you have more fun there. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. I want to give a brief shout out to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Amon, Kyle, Kydell, Jeremy, and Russell. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you are not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.